Hello and welcome to the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. I've been in and around the drywall industry for more than 20 years. Worked piece rate, I've worked in the union, and also hourly. I'm super excited to have Joe Loden of JDL Drywall with us today. Joe's company is out of San Diego, California. JDL Drywall is an extremely professional company specializing in high-end construction and remodel work. Um, uh, Last question uh, before we wrap up. I wanted to know, have you messed around? Because you were talking early on in the podcast about being uh, open to new ideas and trying uh, fun new stuff. Um, have you messed around with the trim techs and the drywall art and the specialty beads? Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah love. Do you, do do you sell that to your uh, builder like the concept of stepple or reveal bead around doors? Like yeah. that's that shit's cool, and I don't yeah. think the designers know about that stuff, man. Well, okay, so a couple points here. Um, I you hear people saying that they're these the top tradesmen, right? I know everything about drywall. I always say, you haven't really mastered your trade until you can sit down at a table with four or five architects and talk your trade. We talked about the difference between the Darby and skimming blades. And we also talk about him learning how to do drywall in Australia of all places. Joe is a fantastic guy, and I really enjoyed this interview, and I hope you do as well. The Drywall Podcast is brought to you by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. You can find out more about Fresco Harmony on the website, www.frescoharmony.com. If, if you'd like to try Fresco Harmony for free, just email us at info at frescoharmony.com and we'll send you a sample pack. We appreciate Joe Loden being with us today on the Drywall Podcast. And without further ado, Joseph Daniel Loden. We've got Joe Loden out of San Diego, um, JL, JDL drywall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Dan, J, uh, Joe Daniel Logan, correct? Uh, Joseph Daniel. Joseph, Joseph Daniel yeah. Loden. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't get very creative with my business name when it came down to um, the time to fill out the forms. I kind of panicked. I was like, like okay, JDL. <laughs> right right did we talk a little while ago and you were like i'm gonna i've been waiting long enough i'm gonna start really pushing this stuff and then you were like called me and you were like and then we talked about the sand a little bit was that you uh i am pushing it hard yes i i do really want to push fresco 100 percent um we've done two jobs with it so far okay Uh, um, just did a fireplace with jj ash and then right. another fireplace with um, Gallery Pearl. Okay. And the number one, <laughs> number one, it's fun. Like Good. I kind of feel like we're doing something um, artistic, 
you yes. know we're not we're not running for the square footage right like it, it's actually like a piece of art this fireplace it's yes. really cool and the feedback we've got from it is amazing as well Excellent. Um, so Excellent. I, yes, I, I am pushing it. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, and I'm, this me wants to go all in and just put fresco harmony on my van, you know. And you can. There's no rules. Um, yeah. you know, it's not or a magnet or a small magnet like something like um, we do have kind of like a ambassador program, but it's kind of like you know if you've done a few jobs. If you've done like five jobs, we'll throw you up on the website and you can tell people you're a certified applicator. Um, you know, if I've if I've seen that you've done a few jobs and you look like you kind of know what you're doing and you're not an idiot, then uh, I'll 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 vouch for you. You know, yeah. there, there, nothing really beyond that. The, the thing I kind of like about it is I think the possibilities are kind of endless. You know, I, I, I think what I'm doing right now is I just the pure basics of it. But then I see you're doing like the smoke, like a smoke finish and that type yeah. of stuff that's really cool. So Yeah, the, the and we don't have to talk all about Fresco Harmony the whole time, although yeah. I love talking about it. And that's yeah, yeah, that's course. partially what, what inspired me to start a podcast was talking to yeah. guys like you. And we just talk, talk about drywall and Fresco Harmony and it just like blossomed into all these like great conversations that yeah. i get to have with the pros and um uh but yes it's endless the hard part i think about plaster systems fresco harmony anything anytime you're doing something artistic is keeping it simple and this is something i've learned over years and years starting with the most grandiose like complicated uh what and it's also faster so i can sell it at a cheaper price mm -hmm. and I can do more footage and have have more fun and the client gets more footage if I'm not concentrating on maybe such a difficult uh, uh, finish like I tell the plaster guys we'll do an accent wall and fancy shiny Venetian plaster that looks brilliant and gorgeous and then like do the rest of the room in fresco harmony it doesn't yeah. have to be the feature wall or the yeah. fireplace or whatever but it does it can be the feature wall as well a, a builder can save money doing fresco harmony in a place where they would normally put tile yeah agreed yeah and so yeah. i'm curious about recently more recently uh, we talked on the phone just before this interview, and um, you were talking, you were getting into how, you, I mean, you're excited about it, mm -hmm. so you're getting more into marketing or advertising, and you were telling me about just as you, as you do a couple projects and you show people the projects, maybe it's not the builders that are showing interest, but it's the designers. Can you tell me yeah. more about that? Yeah, well, one hundred percent. I mean, as we know on um, on big jobs. So we, I live in a, a coastal area of San Diego. Um, we work on very high income homes. One of the jobs I'm doing right now, it's a two million dollar remodel. Okay, right. <laughs> Just the remodel, two million dollars. Yeah, so, real estate's through the roof over there. It's yeah, crazy. It, it's nuts. Um, so, of course, in those jobs, I mean, even all the, the furniture is custom made, it, it, you know, it's an incredible home. Yeah. So the builder himself is actually making very few decisions, right? Okay. He's kind of going off, off the scope. You know, the real ones pulling the weight are the architects and 
the real power is the interior designers. Yeah. Right? They are the ones directly working with the client, doing a job walk every week. Okay. Um, and can be a pain in the butt because they come in and they just make changes, you yeah, know? Yeah, play, of course. Play it in the game. Yep. Um, but they are also the ones with more of the um, artistic vision of yep. what the space can become, you know? So what are you showing? What are you showing the designers that maybe gets them interested in Fresco Harmony? Do you have samples? Do you have like we, a col we, the we color have, chart? We have just a couple samples. We have your marketing material, your color okay. chart. Um, and then we direct them also to Fresco Instagram as well. So that's a we, great, that's a great place yeah, to point we people. We can see all your, yeah. all the products on there and, and uh, your projects. So yeah, that, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, as we do more jobs, we make more samples. Um, right. I, know, I know samples will sell if we, yep. if we can just pull out five samples from our van yep. um, and show them what it really looks like. Yeah. Um, Cause it's always way different than than on Instagram. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so far the, the feedback has been great, easy product to work with. And yeah, it's actually kind of fun. So very cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And how did you how did you find out about uh, Fresco Harmony? You know, um, I, I believe it's my job as a business owner to be on top of trends. So as I said, we work on really high-end jobs, and I believe um, I need to have knowledge of current products and trends to share with my clients. So I'm always out there researching what's going on in the industry. You know, nice. are, are, there, are there new tools that can sure. make it easier or better? Are there new products that can set us apart or sure. save money or just give us a better finish? Um, so yeah. I found you guys, um, probably on Instagram, I, okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. I, and I, I wanted to use your products for a while, but you keep an eye on something and it takes a little while to actually get it in your hands and yeah. get a client that wants to do it, you know, yeah. but did you luckily, request a sample pack? I did. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, Good. I did. Yeah. Um, but the hard one was actually getting a designer, a builder that wanted to, to use it on, sure. on like sight unseen, brand yeah. new product. Yeah. Um, but luckily right now in my region, um, fireplaces and range hoods in kitchens yep. are um, becoming very like in vogue and style to go plaster. Okay. Like a plaster finish. Yep. So they are here. Um, they are here too. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're um, being able to sample with right now to show designers and builders and then hopefully from there it's just going to keep growing to you know full walls full rooms full houses yeah. you know yeah so yeah, yeah and that's that's also sales too um sometimes like i've gone into a job where the builder's been like well you know we've got a budget for specialty wall finishes on this one can you give me a bid and i'll walk out and be like dude you've got nine hundred dollars worth of fresco here you're you're like right at the minimum bid and they have unbeknownst to me they have a four thousand dollar budget i sure. and i'm immediately like why don't you do like the master bedroom ceiling accent wall in the living room headboard wall in the master bedroom the yeah. kitchen hood the fireplace like 
if it's if the if it's simple and fast i can adjust my price so that i can do more footage the client mm -hmm. gets more uh product and and i get to do more walls because like yeah. you said it is fun and that's yeah. my bread and butter i don't do drywall so i'm always selling and my price points are really competitive yeah and that that's amazing that you got into that market you know because it me, is it took I, years I, yeah a long time um you know for me as a, a business owner i need to be thinking of like kind of every market yeah. Um, so I, I try to be very smart about the jobs we take on, who we deal with, um, the economy, you know, uh, part of me always wants to have a, a little hand in continuing to do repair work, right? Yeah. Only because repair work is recession proof, right? Right. Even yes. if the economy takes a big dump, Yeah. right? Pipes still break. Yeah. And repair work still has to happen. Now, yep. that's a very small part of our business now. It mm -hmm. was a big part, um, but I always thought that's a smart move Yeah. to somewhat say recession-proof, Yeah. right? Um, but then and, uh, and also specialty walls is very, yeah. like during, during COVID, people hunkered down a little bit and we did a lot of work we because yeah. they wanted to do the they wanted to do walls so that yeah. part was very interesting too yeah. well that, um, that's, that's the whole key if you if you have a couple of different yeah niches in the market you should be able to keep busy yeah because if you're a company doing houses just straight new construction like that that market fluctuates pretty heavily yeah. you know it, it, that can go down to nothing it does um and, that, and then you got a more crews, you got you got maybe 20 guys, 30 guys that you're running. It's like you got to keep cranking that engine. And when that dies, it's just super hard to keep those guys busy. And that was something I never wanted to do. So we we have never been a production company. Okay. So we're not gonna go out to like a housing estate and do 10 houses. Okay. Um, we don't do wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. And spray it with orange peel or knockdown. We, yep. you know, everything we do is um, pretty much custom homes. Um, the trend right now is either level five smooth okay. or very, very light skip chow, um, okay. almost like an imperfect smooth. Yep. Um, you know, luckily we work with builders that uh, actually give us time to complete okay. a project. Um, I think that's one of the sad things about drywall is yep. how we, so many people have to run. Like we get run, we get rushed. Yeah, It's like, like oh, the electrician it. took two, two months to put the electrician in, but now we need the job done yesterday. So you yeah. guys are really gonna have to move. And it's yeah. like, what, how come we don't get extra time? No, and you know, drywall, it, it's a crap. It's a trade, as we all know. Yep. Um, and you know we my company too we i know drywall is somewhat of an illusion to make it look flat and stuff like that but it we is really we truly actually try to make it flat we use darby's and the straight edge um we nice. make sure our corners are square what brand of darby you like um I don't even know what brand. We just have these old <laughs> ones. That I don't even know what brand they are. Yeah. Well, um, they have the new the new Darbies, you know, level five. Oh, no. We, Columbia. We, we, have that. 
we we have the skimming blades. Oh, um, is that now? So is a skimming blade different than a darby? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's the difference there? Okay, so a darby is a more solid piece of metal. Okay. Almost used for like traditional plaster. So the skimming blades are actually very thin. Okay. They have a lot of flex. A okay. darby doesn't have any flex. It's just a, a, a straight edge. That's your right? final, your final, final coat on the, that um, big, no, that big actually, butt. It's actually more for the fell coat. Uh, right? okay. So if we have to really fill in something and we're going to use like either there's a big hollow in the wall or a big bump. Okay. Right. Then you want to, you know, fill it with Durabond. Okay. Or some sort of hot mud. Yeah. Then use Darby to just pull up any voids, you know, okay. fill in any lumps or bumps. Uh, the skimming blades, on the other hand, are great for the finish. The final, final. Final coat where you're going to use some topping. A more thin yeah coat. i like that you can pull out that big ass blade and just do one shot over the butt like that's so yeah. cool i that's never fun. it's the they were the skimming blades were kind of after my time i mean i only do fresco so i don't you know yeah i i don't I, and if and the houses that i've done level three no sand and then we go right into the yeah. the finishing system so it's not i don't have to like <laughs> i i the skimming blades are they're really cool um yeah to the point where it's almost cheating <laughs> you know it's like i mean you can load up a butt joint and then you just get your skin blade and do one pull up and you get the whole butt joint in once yeah it's amazing and why not adapt a new technology to make you don't find better? you don't you don't find it a pain in the ass to kind of have that blade when you're cruising around doing butt joints and to clean it off it, it is it just it is kind of it, it is it, it's it's one more tool that you're carrying around one more okay. tool that you have to clean sure um, but i do think it makes it a lot easier for less experienced people yeah and it's good right ah, okay you know um you know i i actually learned to trade in australia where it was all okay. hawk and trowel and the boys out there are just, they're amazing, amazing papers. I'm sure you've followed a few of them on Instagram. Yeah, I met uh, Brandon with Level 5. He lives in uh, he lives in Australia. Really cool guy. Yeah. I think Brandon. I, I might have that wrong. Yeah. But a uh, very nice guy. He comes on social, but he doesn't... Uh, he he's uh, uh, just a super good, and you could tell he's just, you could just tell he's a really good finisher. You know, he's very yeah. knowledgeable. I like to follow, um, they're called drywall gangsters. Drywall gangsters. Yeah. If you check out their um, Instagram, they've, they, this is a big claim, but I actually think they're doing probably some of the best work like in the world right That's now. That's okay, man. You can uh, claim, I mean, what, claim whatever you want. Yeah, their, their <laughs> work is amazing. Okay. Uh, and where just, are they out of Australia? Yeah. Yep. Um, just in, incredible work. Why do you uh, think that is? Why do you think Australia is producing such a high level of uh, finishers? Um, what it what it actually comes down to is training. Out okay. in Australia, um, I would say ninety five to ninety seven percent of the boys and ladies as well um, are doing apprenticeships. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, and it, it's a four year apprenticeship where you know your first three years you're doing 
three weeks on site and one week at school every month. Oh, wow. That's a right? ton. No wonder and, they're so good. Yeah. So you're learning from the guys on site, but then you're going to school for one week and you're learning in a non-threatening environment with your peers. And they're also training. So in Australia, gyro guys called a plaster. And okay. yep. here that's a that's an outside trade. But in Australia, you still get trained with kind of more traditional interior plaster with like uh, plaster cornice, plaster ceiling roses and stuff for like Victorian style buildings. I just saw a post about that. What Somebody from Australia was like, yeah, in Australia, we do we do all kind. we hang it, we frame it. We like, you know, we I, do the acoustical I, ceilings. We do everything. I made a comment on that. And yep. um, it, it's true. Like I, I only did commercial in Australia. I did high rise, all the union stuff, uh -huh. hospitals. Um, and as a, a commercial, I'm going to say drywaller, but plaster. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we, we read plans. I yep. do metal framing. We put in door frames. We hang drywall, yep. finish drywall, you frame ceilings with concealed grid, and you also do T-bar ceiling grid. Okay. Um, now, did you learn uh, Did you learn in an apprenticeship program in Australia? So I, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So I was fully signed up for it. Everything was official, but then at that time, my immigration status didn't allow me to it didn't make sense for my employer to do it. They wouldn't have got the um, money back from the government type thing. Okay. So I became the, I, I was the apprentice, but the unofficial apprentice. So, okay. so I was still like the company apprentice learning from all that, but then I just didn't go through the school program. Okay. Um, so they still treated me like crap and I still had to do all the hard work. And of course. Completely learn from the bottom. Yeah. As yeah. a lot of us did. Um, yep. <laughs> and it, it was a tough environment, man. You know, yeah. you're, you're in mine, commercial and, and I, I was mine, mine was too. I was in an apprenticeship program and uh, yeah, the journeymen were, they were uh, assholes. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. like, yeah, like you kind of had to have thick skin to this was 20, 20 some years ago, but it was we went to class once a week and yeah. uh, and then I worked for a company and mm -hmm. you go 50, 60, 70, 80, yeah. 85 or whatever, 90, you know, whatever to to journeyman and um, great way to do it. Three year program. Um, I didn't make it all the way through. But a really great way to learn. Uh, Christy Slade, when I interview her, she's a big union person up in Canada, and we talk about the union a little bit. She's a big advocate yeah. for the union. It, I think it depends a lot I, on I, I heard where that, you're at. I heard that interview. Yeah. Yeah, um, she, real sweetheart. Yeah. Um, my union years in like in Melbourne and like that, they were my probably my best years ever being an employee. Our working conditions were amazing yeah our pay was amazing and most importantly the um safety was amazing the sites were so safe nice. um then i came back here and looked into the union in california and just the whole setup and structure of the union is so different like it doesn't even make sense you know so i i never got involved in it you know and then also commercial 
back in Oz to commercial here, it's like apples and oranges of how even like the whole trade in general is so different. When I moved yeah. back to California, I really struggled. I, I felt like I didn't know anything. There's a huge learning curve of the local market, you know? Okay. Uh, we did everything smooth, everything's level four smooth. You come yeah. out here, it's all orange peel, knockdown, skip child. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't even patch a hole, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I've been doing this stuff at that time for, I don't know, 12 years, and I couldn't patch a hole. I'm like, what? And I, I couldn't even believe people pay for this. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah. what? Orange peel or knockdown? Like, to me, yeah. you're just oh, yeah. so so ugly you know and it's a skill it's kind of a skill to match i mean you see all the posts it's like how the hell do i match this texture how yeah. do i match that my guy uh jack's a really good he's a good uh patch uh uh matched guy you yeah. know he, he can do he can bust out a pretty good patch you know he's done a he's done a bunch of that but uh i mm -hmm. i i'll keep him i'll like shield him people will be like can i can you do this patch i'll be like dude we don't have time yeah. we don't have time to mess with that i mean it's a it's a true art form it <laughs> yeah. really is Blending yeah. in yeah. Old, old to new. Um, I mean, luckily, a lot of our, I mean, repair work, we need to, but a lot of repairs or, or remodels that we're doing now, because um, we're kind of out of land in San Diego. So it's yeah. not all new build. We're actually yeah. doing a lot of um, real high-end remodels. But yeah. once we're doing the remodels, everyone's going smooth. There's you probably know? a ton of work for that, too, around there. Yeah. And also, when you're doing those remodels and somebody wants to, that's a perfect selling point uh, for Fresco. If somebody's like got like... 4,000 square foot house and they want all the walls skimmed out. It's like, well, for an extra, you know, X amount of dollars, you know, we're, we're at this price point. If you want to add on 50 cents a dollar, we'll just fresco harmony these walls. Like that's a, you can double your profit margin. They don't have to paint and their yeah. walls, their walls look awesome. So uh, that I always, I'll always go that direction. If somebody wants to skim walls out, you know, uh, over existing texture, how did you get to, Australia. I'm curious about this. Are you, were you born in the United States and then you yeah. took a, you did a tour over to Australia? Oh, yeah. I, Do you I, have um, family over there? How'd you end up over there? <laughs> it's a real long story, but. Well, um, give me the cliff notes. Yeah. And I actually just, I, <laughs> I knew some Aussies um, here. I met, um, I was able to get a work visa out there. Why'd you uh, want to go out there? Um, I wanted to travel. I, you know, okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, one of my first building sites I was ever on was actually in Scotland. That's the first, the first bit of drywall I ever hung was in Scotland, you know? Awesome. So, you know, I, I've traveled around a bit, um, you know, met some people, went to Australia. Why Australia? Just out of curiosity. Um, well, I actually had Aussie, Aussie friends. So you had, you had the opportunity to travel to Australia and work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you were like, you were like, I like to travel. I like yeah. dry. Were you in drywall at that time? No, no. So, you know, basically my mate said, you know, come stay with me. I'll charge you $50 a week to sleep okay. in my garage. Type yeah. Thing. yeah. So we set up a little room. I was at a party in the first week and I met a guy that offered me a job laboring for bricklayers. Right. So, okay. And I, thought he was gonna forget about it because he's a little bit drunk and then he called me on Sunday night saying hey I'll pick you up on Monday yeah so that was 5 a.m yeah pretty much <laughs> um so that was my introduction to um Aussie bricklayers okay um, 
Yeah, me and one other laborer for like five yeah. or ten, ten brickies. Uh, it's boiling hot. and that, uh, that does not sound fun. It was not fun. All no. day, just all you hear is more mud, more bricks, more mud, more bricks. And yeah, like, yeah. Running, you know, but, you know, it was like hard work, but like honest work. The, the yeah. boys were good. Um, yeah. And we're off by 2.30 or 3.00. Okay. So you saw the nights to go out and, you know, yeah. be, be like a backpacker, traveler. How, how old were you at that point in time? I was 23 when I moved, okay. moved to Australia. I looked okay. at it when I was And then how did, you, how did you get into, uh, how did you segue from the bricklaying? You were like, maybe did yeah. that a week and you were like, this yeah. sucks. I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> I'm going to so go, uh, and, I'm gonna go hang drywall. Um, so like a little later, actually, um, I had, I had a hernia. So I had um, surgery for a hernia okay. and I, I was out of work for a while. Um, I wasn't doing a brick lane thing then, but I, I was out of work for a while recovering. And this is in uh, maybe 2007 and okay. Australia was like crying out for tradespeople. Okay. Right? They, there was not enough tradesmen to fill all the work. And there's this big thing out there where there's a ton of work. It pays really good. Um, and I was like, well, to me, that sounds like a good career move. You know, there's yeah. never ending work. The pay is incredible. And, you know, I like working with my hands. And so why not? So there's yeah. a, an ad in the paper looking for an apprentice of a company in Brisbane. I applied. I was the only one that applied. Crazy. <laughs> so That's I awesome. Got a job. Um, and now the company that um, out there, a lot of plastering companies are like interior fit out companies. So they'll get the whole interior fit out of a building. I mean, they don't do electrical, they don't do plumbing, but we'll do all the, all the layout, all the metal framing, the hanging, the ceilings, all okay. that stuff. So, right. I mean, you're thrown into it straight away. You know, it's like, you know, one day you'll be framing with, you know, Mick, and then the next day you'll be up a level learning to trowel, you know, or yeah. so you're all over. And the good thing about that is the company uses the same core people for the whole project. And you, you can be on the jobs for a long time, you know? Yeah. Um, and everyone is really highly skilled, right? Um, and that's uh, my struggle here in San Diego is, you know, I find people that simply hang drywall or finish drywall. Like if I could have a crew of guys that could kind of dabble in all of it, yeah. um, it would just make my life so much easier. Not just how many, yeah, be really good at it too. You know, how many uh, how many employees do you does your company have now? Now we're small. Um, okay, yeah, it's just me and a handful of guys okay. day to day. But then I have my. I have my subs. I have my production yeah. guys that come okay. in when needed. So if I have a big house, I get my hangers. They come in, smash it. I so do my, you have like a hanging crew, a finish crew, and a texture crew? Um, no, we don't. So we we don't really touch it. So everything's smooth or a light okay. skin, okay. right? So right. my finishers, my my taping crew, my finishing crew will will do that, right? right. Um, those are the guys you got to be teaching about the fresco they got to oh, be really? watching they got to be watching those how-to videos they already are <laughs> good <laughs> We're doing it. Yeah. how old how old are you joe huh how old are you i am 43 
43 okay yeah. so yeah, yeah median age for drywallers nowadays uh bill and i talk a little bit about that uh in the in the well, number seven podcast huh all the guys i got helping me are older guys i mean yeah you know they're all mid 50s are you, um, are you interested in bringing in any like younger people to train 100 percent all right. Um, so if you're in the San Diego area, yeah. give give uh, Joe Loden a call. Um, and uh, if you're ambitious and not an idiot and uh, maybe, you know, if you have a car, even better. <laughs> yeah, a lot better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, are these the like in the 80s, in the 90s, like these weren't such high, like lofty things to ask for. Like just the fact that like, do you have a car? Can yeah. you know, and, and, and no shame, no shame to the, the, you know, the generation that's coming up in a day and age where it's cost a hundred dollars to fill up your tank. It's like, I wouldn't have, you know, it's almost yeah. smarter to not have a car, you know, yeah, it, it's just so hard right now. Finding yeah. right? I mean, uh, the last ad I put on, on the internet, I had two responses and they're the same two people that responded two years ago. And they both got sent home at lunchtime, you know. Um, crazy! That is yeah, crazy. Thirty years experience, and he got sent in home in back. in San Diego, where there's what? How many millions of people? Yeah. Like millions. Big, big, big area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I you're gonna have to wait for it to get lean, dude, and pull some of those production guys when it gets, you know, and and like gain some yeah. loyalty. Well, it's hard for us, too, because uh, a lot of production guys don't really like to do what we do. You know, we we do that, like the market for high-end remodel, yeah. where you might have to move some furniture or cover stuff with plastic. It's so different than the production world, where they yeah. can just have a radio pumping, smoke a ciggy, and just run the bazooka. Um, yeah, that, That's kind of my problem, is finding the right guys that you know, may want to work in a $5 million house when the client's there yep. and that type of stuff, you know? So um, it, it's getting harder and harder to find people. Um, I do think, you know, we need to bring back more trade schools um, yeah. or just more on the job learning. But even even those kids aren't calling. Like I, I have a giant um, Nissan van. I have a magnet on the side, like now hiring yeah and i don't get any calls you know right right so um what about the guys on the corner you ever grab one of them you know the dudes on the corner with a sign like we'll work for food have you ever like tried grabbing one of those dudes free man even those guys now want 30 bucks an hour (laughs) (laughs) for real man the guys yeah um, well especially especially in san diego yeah i I think the guys um the home depot guys that hang out outside home depot yeah they're asking about 25 an hour now okay yep so um it's time to the other thing you know everyone wants more money this and that but then i'm talking to my builders and i'm like hey what's the market looking like and some of them are simply saying they're the feedback from their clients is it's just getting too expensive to build. Like, you know, if the prices of everything are going up, that's going back onto the client. Everything gets passed to the client. Mm-hmm. Now interest rates as well are going up. So it's getting to the point where 
building and renovating is becoming so expensive for some clients that, you know, it's a little bit worrying that, you know, we work for really high-end clients and you're getting that feedback from them. Um, so those are kind of the things I think as a business owner, we need to keep an eye on, you know, but yep. of course I want to pay everyone top dollar because we're in yeah. San Diego and it's yeah. so expensive, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's another thing I, I wish the drywall, all the guys, our whole industry, I wish we could kind of come together and work out a way to kind of raise our rates yeah. and be, be more professional Yeah. as, as a whole. Because that's actually what the big difference I saw coming from Australia to here. Yeah. Where uh, I saw it going 23 years ago, going from Portland in the Union to mm -hmm. Arizona, you know, yeah. Sierra Vista, Arizona. That was that that was a huge. Um, and so so it is it yeah. is regional. I, I mean, I'll say that yeah. much, you know, Chicago and Canada and, uh, you know, it's sort of regional how different finishers do yeah. it differently, you know, but uh, yes, I agree. The union, the union, in my opinion, sets a standard. They they charge top rate. They um, they do good mm -hmm. work. They don't have yeah. idiots, but I mean that that could that that might all that might all change. But you're you're absolutely right. Drywall has a bad name, um, yeah. you know, it, in yeah, general. It has a really bad name. I I think that's uh, a lot of that is from lack of formal training. Like if you think of it, what what if we had like a national standard where our trade was regulated, like electrical or plumbing, or even right. state regulations where you could actually say we we are a licensed trade. Right. right. And I know a lot of people don't want to do that. They they don't want more red tape on stuff. They want to go do it. But that's going to bring more money to the industry. Yeah. And and gain respect. Right? Yeah. And you know, with with respect and qualifications, the wages are going to increase. So that's a big difference in mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's all the all the tradies. Well, and diversification too. Like, so there's this like you know, there's a there's a the builders or general contractors. You've seen them. They all know how to drywall. It's like they're they, they you know what I mean. They they can do yeah. it. They don't. They the only reason they're hiring you is because they don't have time. They're Joe. too busy. They're yeah. too busy. Yeah. They're too busy, but they want it to look good. So th there's this like idea that what we do is anyone can do it. And yes, and I always make the jokes on the pages like, oh, anyone can drywall or, you mm -hmm. know, just paint it. Uh, yeah. the, it's true. Anyone can do drywall. But like yeah. when you're doing a $50,000, $100,000 remodel, million dollar remodel, and you get the GC's handyman that knows how to run a little bit of mud and they finish the walls, it, you your hundred thousand dollar remodel is going to look like shit because oh, you didn't spend the a little bit extra money yeah. to have a professional come in and do it right yeah i mean it, that's it, a challenge that's a big yeah. challenge like so they don't we don't have the respect because they don't respect what we do yeah. as trade as trades but, but what maybe the, the, what is the question there though why do we not have the respect yeah yeah, that's the question. Yeah. So why are we not respected? Could could we all know it's not easy? Because we we're, be, because, we're the, because we're idiots, Joe. 
Yeah. But I mean, all the GCs I work with, they know it's not easy. That's why I work with some really good GCs. Uh-huh. And they pay well and they give us time to do it because they know it's an art. Yeah, and a good GC will pay a good drywall company. They will choose that. Ex- the, they will the, If they're knowledgeable, they will pay a good uh, drywall company extra money over the guy that comes in and will do it for yeah. half price and all of that. They, I so, mean, their name, their name is on the end product, yep. right? Yep. So it, it makes way more sense for them to pay a little bit more. And yep. then when you walk into the finished job after paint, it looks amazing and just a bunch of lumps. I think too, that to answer your question, I think a lot of tradesmen will compromise. We don't have enough confidence in our ability. So mm-hmm. we'll compromise our price point. And Daniel Osborne and I talk about that. We talk about like, you know, my, my boss in Crested Butte used to say, look them in the eye and bid them high. And there's a lot to that. Like he was a good dry, he was a good contractor. Like we didn't have like the best work, but he cared about how the drywall was hung for sheer strength. He cared about how it looked, you know, and the G and the G and he would take care of the GCs after the project. And so the, all those things, he would get extra money, you yeah. know, because he cared and he had a good crew that showed up. Yeah, I mean, a big thing for me right now is like I I tell all my guys is like we like we work for the same GCs, right? You know, because the GC will have their team that goes on pretty much every project. We're very lucky that we're the only one bidding to most of our GCs. Like I don't have competition. We're proving ourselves. Yep. And therefore, they're not sourcing out the bid to three other companies Mm -hmm. now. The way you get there is by telling your crew that we're not JDL. We are XYZ general contracting. Like we are all part of the team that gets this house over the line. Okay. So everything we can do for the builder to make this product amazing, we do it because we are part of that team. I like it. Yeah, that's... And then, well, and and that whole team in construction, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, I mean, if you look at it like that, like you know, like okay, the electrician didn't pick up their mess. Like you know what, I'm gonna pick it yeah. up because it's my job site, and I yeah. am a part now, of this team. And then we, there's always that bitching with the electricians. We're we're yeah. friends with all the sparkies, yeah. right? Th- we're, those we're, electricians are never gonna pick up their trash. They don't. Just give up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, I'm all about like being part of the, the team because think about the end of the job when that project goes smooth, it goes on budget, and then you get the photos of the finished thing for your portfolio. Absolutely. So number one, if that job goes smooth, the builder is going to get more work. He's going to get more recommendations. That's going to be more jobs for you guys, right? Yep. Number two, if you are easy to work with, more people are going to want to work with you, right? Right. So it's not about just that small thing of, okay, we're on 250 a square foot, whatever. We not we want to get in here, bane it out, get our money and screw it. Yeah. Like that's completely the wrong way to look at mm-hmm. it. And, but a lot of that is predicated on the not making, you know, I, they bid the job, they bid, they underbid the job. So they have to bang it out. It looks like crap. They got to go back. The builder's not happy. 
the but yeah. the builder's cheap. They go to the next cheap guy and they get the yeah. same results. So that's the whole thing. Um, a lot of running a a good business is being picky on who you do business with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I only work with people that I, I, I trust. We have a relationship. I've never had trouble getting paid anything like that. That yeah. you keep hearing these stories of when should we put a lien on the house and stuff like that. Yeah, I read that one this morning. I, yeah, I, com I commented on it. I was like, well, my only advice there is like if you do have to lean a project, ha get get an attorney and have them drop the paperwork and make sure everything's sound before yeah. you waste before you waste I mean, the time. No, no disrespect to our drywall community, but legal advice. <laughs> hit up a lawyer yeah yeah you don't want to go on you don't want to go on the drywall groups for legal advice no uh, just just a blanket uh tip yeah. from yeah. from the drywall podcast <laughs> I, I think we should leave out um legal advice medical advice and politics politics drywall groups um <laughs> i mean no nobody gets too bent out of shape about religion anymore it seems like but uh yeah yeah politics and uh legal advice for sure somebody said uh i saw one of the comments i really chuckled to myself one of the comments was go and go to their bank and ask their bank for the money <laughs> <laughs> i wonder how that will work yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, and then somebody commented like dude you cannot go <laughs> that'll never work <laughs> like, <Yeah>. trust me <laughs> um yeah yeah you can't go to somebody's bank and ask for money you can get a judge to court order them to give you the money that is a very long arduous process but but even then they don't really have to pay you you know All even they then they yeah can they can lien, they can put a lien on the house but if you're not selling your house, it's not yeah. a big deal. If they're renting, they can skip town, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it goes back to have have your have adequate paperwork, insurance, yeah. and um, make sure that you are uh, have a contract in place yeah. before yeah. you start that project. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I go so far as to, you know, there's different schools of thought, but I, I still get at least a deposit but a half you know up front and half at the end of the job i mean that's a good way to do it but you know a lot of guys will like go and do the job and you know fund they fund the whole project yeah. you know and like you know they stand by that and it's like you know when the job's done i'll get paid if they like the work but i'm like kind of like hey let's meet halfway mm -hmm. and and then we're both at we both have skin in the game yeah. at that point there's trust yeah yeah, and it that varies by state by state of what yeah. deposit you can take. You know, yep. California, we're real limited on deposits. Interesting. Um, and I actually don't take, I've never taken a deposit. Now, let uh, me ask you this. When you go buy groceries at the grocery store, do they let you take the groceries home and test them out before you pay? Or do you have to pay for those groceries when you get them? True, you know. Yeah. True, but, you know, on, on real big jobs, we'll do like a one-third draw. Yeah. You know, when, when materials arrive on site, see, once materials are on site, they're no longer mine. They belong yep. to the project. So and the can, garbage and yeah. all the all the garbage belongs yeah. to them, too. So you can pay for it. <laughs> um, one third on hanging and then one third on finishing. But okay. for us, there's not a real big difference between hanging and finishing. That's normally on a big job could be okay. what, a week or so, you know, so. Yeah, um, yeah. And it takes some of my clients that long to 
cash a check anyway. But like right. I said, it's um, doing business with people that you have a relationship and trust. And that's not easy, of course, when you're starting off. Yeah, you have to kind of I'm talking about that, too. These these uh, these standards are put in place when we start. So when I start when I started working, I'm giving my stuff away. I mean, you know, for nothing, I'm going in and doing house. I still give it away. I still do like accent walls and stuff just to do them just for advertising. Um, But then like what happens is during lean times, it's like you start to question that that uh you know oh that 2000 looks attractive i know the job's worth 3000 but i really need that 2000 to pay my bills yeah. and so you'll compromise your uh, confidence your integrity for to get the lower price and i think in drywall we do that a lot more and then what happens is especially with GCs or builders, they'll recognize that right away. If somebody, if they're able to beat up a subcontractor, they'll beat them up. Some, some subs, I'm sorry, some GCs, not all, but they'll, they're in it to make money and they will, they'll squeeze that drywall bid as much as they can. And as much as we allow them. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point. And um, that's why I believe you, as, as a drywall company, we need to do a better job at selling. Not yeah. just selling your price, but selling our trade mm-hmm. and really how skilled it is, right? Right. And a lot of that is, you know, look professional. Turn yeah. up on time. Do what you're going to say you do. Yes. Um, you know, don't don't smoke on a job site. Don't have the radio blasting super loud. Like, like be be a pro. Yeah. Keep, keep your job site clean. You know, I like if we it. start doing all those things, people are going to start looking at us like, oh, these guys aren't just some hacks, Dave the handyman. These guys are pros. You yeah. know, they, they got all the right tools. They look clean. The job site's clean. The job site's safe. Yep. The job looks good. Yep. So if we all start doing that throughout the whole industry, prices and respect will raise. And that's what we all want. So we we all need to start looking at this as this is a career, right? This is not filling in two years before I go do some roofing or something like this is a skilled trade. Yeah. Takes years to master. So why don't we show that to people by just, just being more professional and it's real simple, man, just kind of be on time, look professional, be polite to the client, be polite to the GC. Cause yeah. I, I see all this stuff on the Facebook groups of guys just walking off site, like, oh, it's not ready, blah, blah, blah. Like not being part of the team. It, right. I, I it's a little too much me right now. And I'm yeah. like team, you yeah. know, once you become the team, then the GCs are going to have that um, loyalty to you. And then you're not going to be chasing the work. And then your, your price is going to be going up. And then all your boys are going to keep working really good points really good points like we yeah we do as a society we tend to uh you know i call it in albuquerque 
you know, if, if people don't let you in, I'm sure people drive crappy all over. But in Al Albuquerque, they especially drive like ridiculously fast and crazy. Um, they they don't really pull people over here for speeding, so it's just like insane. There's crashes every day, but I call it the me first mentality, you know. Yeah. And and it's not a it's a more of a we like like yeah i i think that same thing on those posts too like when you walk into a job um and i did one recently where it was you know and i hey by all means i have the right to be the prima donna i'm putting on fresco harmony like i can go in and you know and there was a bunch of garbage in the way and the the contractor uh he did a he did a whole house finish in santa fe in fresco harmony i didn't do it elite drywall did it but he had a small uh, office building that he wanted done my guy was busy this was last summer we were really crazy busy and i did it i just went over and did it myself there was a giant pile of just debris in the middle of the room and I was pissed, but I moved the stuff and just started working. And the, and I'm glad I didn't walk off because I thought about it. But the owner of the company showed up and moved the stuff for me and, right. uh, and, and apologized for it being there. So there's something yeah. to be said for that. And, and the fact that I was there and I wasn't gone and he didn't have to call me and be like, dude, I thought you were starting today. Where are you? you know and then now all of a sudden we're not on a team i'm like oh well all that stuff needs to be out of there before i can do fresco harmony like that's just kind of a dick way to be it is i mean who who do you want to deal with like a laid-back easygoing guy that wants to be part of the team mm -hmm. or this dump you know drama johnny yeah 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 find something wrong if anything and yeah. i see a lot of guys are just looking for an excuse for a day off you know like Oh, the mud's a little wet, or this shit's in my way. Like we're out yeah. of here, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Just, humility. That's I think I'm talking a little bit about you know humility. Um, you know, it, it creates creates a, a, an air of uh, that team aspect that you're talking about. I really like that that approach. That idea of we're all in this together, and also not only a team on a construction site, but a team as far as the trade the drywall yeah. trade in in the united states specifically in canada like all over but like uh, in the united states specifically it seems like there's a real need to raise the the level of, I, of professionalism yeah i i see that i see what the canadians are doing i see what the aussies are doing mm -hmm. uh, you know that was my first big wow factor when i was dealing with the aussies they every single person's wearing a uniform Right. Right. They're, they're all going to trade school. Right. Um, they they're multi-skilled and like if you go out there like a a bar or a club in Australia and you say you're a tradesman, it's like yeah, it's like people people look up to you. Like being being a tradesman's cool, you right. know. Cause, right. Because you're you're a professional. You're making good money. Um, you're normally pretty fit, you know. And it's like yeah, they're, they're trading here. Yeah. It's complete opposite. They're like, oh, you do construction. <laughs> it's yeah. like they don't want yeah. anything to do with you. They're like, yeah. oh, how many felonies do you have? You know? Yeah. Um so, and the reality is now I mean, that if you're a tradesman, you've got money in your pocket. It's not I like there's, there's, you, you don't have a hundred thousand dollar loan fresh out of college and yeah. sitting in a coffee shop having a meeting about nothing that isn't gonna mm -hmm. go anywhere. 
you're you're on the job making money and you're learning a trade that you can take anywhere in the country and make money with. And that's why we need to change the opinion and perspective of the trade industry. Because that's why in Australia, why so many kids have got involved is because they know there's money in it, Mm -hmm. right? It's a good career. Where here, a lot of people in society, the general public still doesn't know that, right? And we are kind of looked down upon. Um, But I also think we are to blame for that in some ways, right? And that's why if we had a collective agreement to just try to be a little more professional, I believe people will start looking at us differently. You know, the, the only way to change is from within. And right now, within would be the industry. Yeah. So I think we need some, you know, role models and stuff to um, teach people, not just to be professional. Like you see people mm-hmm. asking about pricing and stuff all the time. And sure, I, I actually think that's fine. No, yeah, you know, there, there, there's no very little formal <clears throat> training out. No, there. yeah, we need job. to be we need to be uh, more supportive of yeah. people coming on uh, specifically the Facebook groups asking for advice. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with somebody asking for advice. You know, no. I mean, even if it's a homeowner and they're trying to get prices for so that they can like beat up their sub, then that's one thing. And you yeah, can I'm tell if it's yeah. a, if it's a newbie coming into the trade and they're doing a side job, hanging and finishing a garage and they want to know how much it is, tell them how much it is and tell them what you yeah. charge and give and them some not? guidance. I got guidance from my boss in Crested Butte. We talked about square footage. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't asked, I wouldn't know how to do it. I wouldn't own Fresco Harmony today and we wouldn't be talking. He was yeah. uh, he was a guide. He was a teacher for me. Yeah. And uh, in order for the in order for the young people to feel welcome, we need to we need to show leadership. Yeah. Um, and you hear people complaining all the time that there's not enough young people coming up, but then you see young people asking questions and they just get picked on. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, Which, so it's like, come on guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be careful with that. Maybe in the, maybe in the nineties that would fly, but it doesn't fly today. Like we, we need to nurture these, uh, up and coming tradesmen and tra- yeah. trades women as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, I two things. I I really think there we need more of a push to get women into trades. Like in mm-hmm. Australia, I work with some amazing um, lady tradies. As we yeah, call them. lady tradies. Um, I like yeah, it. Yeah, um, that were just amazing tapers. Yeah, and um, definitely we need more of a push. I think they kind of bring a a good vibe to the whole site. You know, different genders. Yeah. You know, different approaches to the trade, like that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. um yeah i agree yeah. yeah nice talking to you man uh this is yeah. this is you know an interesting direction daniel osborne and i talked a lot about this because he's he's a character man and he's really fun to talk to and uh i've followed him on i, yeah. I chatted a couple times on Facebook. yeah 
over the years. He, yeah. he and he's very he's very professional. Like so we talk about cussing a lot. He doesn't cuss on the you know, I mean to the point, you know, where like the, he doesn't want his guys cussing. He's got like a swear jar that he uses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, that might be a tall order for some uh, tradesmen, but uh and my, myself included. But it's it's that we we were talking about professionalism. You want to charge the high rates. Yeah. You want to make the money. You yeah. got to dress up, you got to show up and you got to look professional that yeah. uh, that uniform thing. We were required to wear white pants in the union up in Washington, where I learned. Yeah, they laughed yeah. at you if you didn't. Yeah, we we didn't wear white. I mean, we Australia safety standards are just so high. Uh, most of the guys out there wear some sort of like a tan or khaki. Pants. Okay. It's all high vis. Yeah. Um, but only painters would wear white. Out sure, there. So, that's what Christie said too. But uh, yeah. drywall drywallers in uh, up in Washington uh, and Oregon uh, yeah. Union, they we wore whites. Well, and I, I think that might be the difference between like a taper, and then what we did all around stuff. True, because true. A lot of days, you know, I, I I probably went a good year and a half, two years without putting mud on a wall. Uh, I did nothing but metal framing you right, know right. and then all of a sudden you're on a new project and it's like we need to tape you know yep. so um yep. like i say we were more all around like in yep. a lot of ways we were kind of like carpenters interior commercial carpenters that know how to tape right they you did know? they would do like uh we did acoustical ceilings yeah corner bead um, yeah. But the dry, the carpenters union, the carpenter dudes would put up the drywall, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a little, that's a little different. And they see that that's the other thing is how the union here is so like broken up into like little, little bits. And I truly think that makes for a weaker union. Yep. And They're not unified. The unions aren't unified. Yeah. And it's like, oh, local 619 or 815. I said, like, what? It's just local shit. You'll have no power being local. See, in Australia, we, we had one national union that covered pretty much, it covered all the trades except electrical and plumbing. So um, painting, carpentry, bricklaying, all the traditional trades are under one union. Very right? cool. And it's a national union only broken up by states. Okay. So you have Victoria, New South Wales, um, Queensland, and that. So they operated a little bit as a state, but there's no locals. So it's not okay. like it's not like oh these little guys. So you have the whole power of the state, yeah, behind you, like and it. then you have the national power where they threaten to strike nationally, and that that's how you actually get power. Yeah, that'll like, shut shut down the whole industry. Any, like, I don't know if Albuquerque has a union, but but if oh, the guys in Albuquerque are mad. Like, nobody cares. It, it only make a difference if all of New Mexico... There's a little crew. There's a little crew willing to go in there and do the work, guaranteed. Down uh, here, I mean, it's down here. They, it's just nothing. Like, there's yeah. no way... I wouldn't be a drywall... I wouldn't run a drywall uh, company in Albuquerque. Very, yeah. dif very difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. But they there's a few here that are good, and they make money. Yeah. Um, uh, last question uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to know: Have you messed around? Because you you were talking early on in the podcast about being uh, open to new ideas and trying. 
uh, fun new stuff. Um, have you messed around with the trim techs and the drywall art and the specialty beads? Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah love. Do you, do do you sell that to your uh, builder like the concept of stepple or reveal bead around doors? Like yeah. that's that shit's cool, and I don't yeah. think the designers know about that stuff, man. Well, okay, so a couple points here. Um, I you hear people saying that they're these, the top tradesmen, right? I know everything about drywall. And I always say you haven't really mastered your trade until you can sit down at a table with four or five architects and talk your trade. You know, like I, if you can sit down with designers, architects, builders, and then give them new ideas and sell them yeah. what we can really be doing, yeah. that's when you, you really know your trade, right? Yeah. yeah. So just running in there at the bazooka taping, I have so much respect for those guys. I do, sure. but there's also so much more to our trade that people need to learn. Yeah. Right? Well, they uh, did. They, I mean, Trimtex had to discontinue because yeah. like, we're not selling it. I get yeah. all the time. People are like, oh, well, that won't sell in my area. And I'm like, dude, I could sell this. If I was in your area, yeah. I, could, yeah. I could sell it anywhere that I live. Yeah. Guaranteed. Like, um, and it's yeah. the same with Trimtex too. Those designers and builders don't know that there's these super cool possibilities for trim yeah. out there. And that, that's what I was saying before, as I think it's my job as the owner of my company to stay up to date with new products. And I need to take those to the designers and builders and share my knowledge mm -hmm. of how we can make this job better. Yeah. Right. Cause if I am doing that for my builders and the other competition and their builders are not doing that, who's going to be delivering a more modern, cool house. Absolutely. And whose houses are going to win the awards. Right? right, right. So, like the house I'm doing right now, it's a seven thousand square foot remodel on the cost, and every door, every window's been changed out, and there's no wood trim anywhere. Everything Beautiful. is LB'd around every door, every you, window. You around. sold that? You sold them on an LB? Um, no, not on that one. That one was already <laughs> with the designer. Okay, um, and that's what I'm saying. You need to. <sighs> You really need to kind of pick where you want to go with this industry. There are some guys that are really happy just doing production and not caring that much and just want to yeah. knock out houses. There's other people that kind of like me, I really want to deliver unique, cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, like one of my favorite things to do is um, the Z shadow bead. Yeah. On a ceiling, around a ceiling. So it actually mm -hmm. makes the ceiling look like it's floating yeah right um super cool and yeah the thing back in australia we were doing all of that stuff all the time and mm -hmm. i came back here and like none of that's happening and i i truly felt like when i came back here we were a solid 15 years behind what they're doing back in australia you know people are still using single shot screw guns I mean, in Australia, if you turned up with a single shot corded screw gun, I'm telling you, you would not, you wouldn't have a job. <laughs> you would not have a job. They use like the uh, magazine screws, everything right? Everything is collated <laughs> and it's been collated for 20 years. Okay. Like, I mean, 100%. I mean, um, I always well, see that I'm not much of a hanger, but I always see that and I see those drills and I'm like, that seems faster. 
it, it is I'm no expert, but holding a handful of screws versus a magazine with a bunch of yeah. screws in it, that just seems well, like that, a slicker. It may be a little more expensive. Well, that's the thing. People here complain about the, the price points. And because it's a new product here, the price is higher. And sure. I hear from some drywall hangers that they actually have to provide their own screws. Right. I think it like blows me away. Like why, why would you be <laughs> using anything out of your own pocket to do a job for a builder? Cause you're a sub, like I'm here to provide labor. I'm a drywall hanger. Materials should be provided. Screws are materials. Sure. Well, that's you know that 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 one could be debated for sure. Because um, you know why, you want to. Why would a drywall hanger have to bring screws? Well, you factor it. In, you factor I, it into your bid price, right? If you're if you're buying materials, then you can buy the materials you but want. But it doesn't make sense because they're not buying any materials. They're not buying board or they're just labor. They have a oh, labor okay. price of like twelve to fifteen dollars a board to hang. Okay. But they're not buying a board. They didn't do a board count. They didn't do their delivery. None, they're, they're doing nothing with materials, but then you have to bring screws? Shouldn't have to bring screws. The shoes, screws should be there. Make, how, does that, how does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's, then, a way, it's a way to, to, beat up the, to beat them up a little more. Well, but it's dangerous for the, the drywall contractor because where I'm from, we have to do a, a nail inspection or a, a fixing inspection. Yeah. And we, we've had um, inspectors come and they can look at the whole job and they can point at three screws and say, take them out. Yeah. And you reverse them out and show them the screw. Oh, wow. Now it needs to be the right screw if we're going into wood, yeah, yeah. metal. So if I just left that up to my hangers to bring their own screws and they were short screws and then they started putting in the wrong screws, who's liable? Right. I'm liable. Very good point. So th that should be my responsibility to provide all the necessary materials to get the job done by code Good and point. Good to point. make sure I'm covered. Heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are, these are, you know, these are, uh, Good questions. It's been a fantastic. Yeah. It's been a fantastic uh, conversation. This is just a conversation, you know. But uh, I th I do think things like the Drywall Podcast helps bring us yeah. together. Like yeah, this yeah. is something that can help bring tradesmen together. You know, I get to I get to look at you in the face, albeit on a computer, but still, this is a different experience than being like, "Oh, Joe Loden, you suck." <laughs> On, the, on yeah. the computer, why are you doing it that way? You know, I can actually ask you, and then instead of being a jerk, we can have a conversation about it. And then maybe, maybe if I'm not stubborn, I can learn something. Like, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe if I listen to Joe and Nick talk about, uh, you know, being mean to new people maybe it maybe it clicks that like maybe maybe if we're trying to get people in the trade we shouldn't be so mean to the new people I, coming in and I, I found that um lack of um wanting to try new things in america there's yeah the americans seem dead set on their ways and yeah. the same thing like an old school makita single shot screw gun yep. or yep like, and you know what it carries over into the distributors as well the distributors are super stubborn the the entire trade the yeah. the like all the way into the like 
you know, the, the companies that are pro producing and delivering the materials are yeah. very, are no, very stubborn. Really evolved that much. No. In 40, 50 years. Yeah. You know? And well, and, and society is evolving past it. Yeah. You yeah. know, we can do, I can do a podcast now that costs me nothing and I can deliver it to the world Yeah, from, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Like yeah. that's crazy. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Joe Loden. JDL, <laughs> uh, Joseph Daniel Loden Drywall out of uh, San Diego, California, crushing it over there, doing yeah. remodel work and uh, also inspiring maybe change and some open mindedness in the drywall yeah. industry and setting the bar. Yeah. And then and one final thing, too, you know, we're talking about younger guys with um, any questions. Um, if anyone hears it, but feel free to, you can send me a DM if you have a question or you need advice. I, I'm not saying I know everything, um, but I, I think I got 18, 19 years in the game and I've done union commercial. I've done repair. We do high-end residential and I run a company. So I kind of have a good, good <laughs> yeah. foundation where you I do. might be able to give you some sort of half decent advice. <laughs> After talking for, to, to you for an hour, Joe, I would call you with any drywall question that I have. Uh, yeah. uh, without, without a doubt, uh, you, you definitely know your stuff. And what's a good way, if I wanted to get a hold of Joe, uh, do you have an email that you use, a website? Does, does your company have a website? We did not have a website, but pretty okay. active on Instagram. So just okay. uh, hashtag JDL Drywall on Instagram. That's where we we got probably 100 posts on Instagram with our um, projects and okay. getting more and more active. And my email is Joe, J-O-E underscore Loden, L-O-D-E-N at hotmail.com. And... Also on LinkedIn as well, just okay. Joe Loden for any of the. Are uh, we are we friends on LinkedIn? We should I don't think be. So. I don't uh, think all so. Are. All these Podbean podcasts get as soon as they're dropped, they go to LinkedIn. Okay, I've been on Spotify. Not, yeah. You yeah. you listen on Spotify? Yeah, yeah, super nice. easy. I, I got my Bluetooth in my van. I I drive hour and a half every day minimum, so I just put on the podcast and nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The uh, well, the um, John Zulke podcast just dropped this morning, so you'll have to oh. check it out. Uh, we talk yeah. about plaster and stuff. He's from Wisconsin. Super cool guy. Cool. Uh, cool. Very knowledgeable. All right. Looking forward to. It. And uh, uh, what else? You. Oh, billboard. You, if you, if you had, although we talked a lot about how we can shift and instill uh, inspiration in the drywall community. Uh, locally and beyond. Um, what would you say to your drywall community if you had the chance, maybe put something on a billboard or uh, or or shout out with a megaphone to everybody in the drywall community? What would you tell them? Right now, I, I think, you know, be, be confident. Um, realize how skilled we really are. Don't let anyone tell you we're not a skilled trade. You know, just take years uh, to master. Yep. The other thing is don't be afraid to learn new skills, okay. right? If you're a taper, learn a little bit of hanging. It's yeah. going to make you a better taper. 
vice yeah. versa. You know, don't be afraid to learn. This trade is constantly going to be evolving. Yeah. Don't be left in the background. Yeah. Evolve with it or try to be a leader with the change and push for push to be better. Um, yeah. yeah, I see a lot of people very worried about competition. Yeah. If you strive to be better than the others, you're going to put yourself in a new market where you, you're going to worry a lot less. Yeah. And the way to get there is simple, man. Just be on time. Do what you say you're going to do. Do a good job and be easy to work with. Yep. Um, once you start doing those things, your phone will be ringing and, and you'll be working. Um, I like it. But as, as a whole, as a whole industry, just if we can all just try to step up baby steps each day, each yep. week, each year as an industry to come together, be more organized and be more professional, um, the, the outcome of that will be amazing. Love it. Love yeah. it. Uh, I'm inspired, man. I, I just, uh, I love it. Is it. You've been fantastic to talk to. This is, uh, you know, um, just a gift. Uh, yeah. So I, mean, I, I would like to talk more about just less of the, the mud, but how we can make the lives of drywall people better. And yeah. you know what? I, in circling back to Fresco Harmony too, that my whole thing was like I broke away and I started to do colored mud, and it was a lot of fun. Obviously, yeah. I want to make money like the next guy, but I my instant my instant I, concept was like, how can I share this? How can I share this with the drywall community? And some of it's about making money, yeah, and introducing a new product. But a lot of it is like, like you said, it's fun to do. Yeah. And I wanted other drywall dudes. You've got all this skill that you know how. It's so easy to pick up. I wanted yeah. other people to experience that. And and homeowners being like, wow, I love my bedroom wall. Like, it's yeah. amazing. No, I mean, if, if, if people can learn to, you know, sell the product a little bit, Mm -hmm. Like I said, turn up on time, take time to do a little bit of masking, yep. keep the client's house neat. They can make five times money in a day doing one wall yeah. than running a bazooka <laughs> all day. You know, you can make a lot of money doing it if you, yeah. especially if you have an existing client base. Like yeah. this is just a another like arrow in your quiver, like that yeah. you can really use. You yeah. know, so yeah. uh, cool, and, man. Uh, yeah, cool been great thank you yeah it's been cool talking i'm gonna follow you yeah. next next time i'm in san diego uh yeah. we're gonna uh we're gonna get together and go uh go 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 grab something to eat or something cool dude we'll show you some uh taco spots yeah for sure yeah. all right all right joe you have a good day all and we'll right. talk soon okay take care all right, bye Special thanks to Joe Loden of JDL Drywall for being on the Drywall Podcast today. Be sure to catch the Drywall Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. You can also see this podcast and hear it on YouTube, our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And... Thank you for joining the Drywall Podcast today. We hope that you have a fantastic day. And remember, keep drywalling.